Welcome to the Wonder Life Podcast, the voice for health and wellness, where soul, science, and technology meet. Each week, we chat with game changers, thought leaders, and experts to help you ignite your light and spark your power so you can go out and raise the vibration and change the world for the better. You may find us on social at wonder.life, at Wonder Health, and that is Wonder with a U. Subscribe, like, and share so we can light up this world together. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy the show. So where did it come from? My doctor said it just could be because I live in an affluent country. You know, the things we eat, the air we breathe, the different products. So you can't, I don't think you can really shield yourself from it unless you live in a bubble, eat nothing, drink nothing, go nowhere, do nothing. Right. So it just. Were you, I mean, what was your reaction? Like, obviously not pleased. Like, do you lose your mind? No, I didn't lose my mind, but I was very upset due to the fact that my children were young at the time, younger. Because they're, um, how old are 19, 18, 19. So they were like 16 and 12. So I didn't know how it was going to affect them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I got diagnosed, I never associated with death. I never thought I was going to die. Mm. I never thought I was going to die. And to this day... When I hear someone is diagnosed with cancer, I don't equal that to death. I equal that to survivor. I love that. That's huge. The doctors say that mindset is everything. You know, I mean, obviously the medicine and all that, but like that the way, depending on the way you see something, your outcome could change. So that's huge. And that's why I'm really big right now in supporting women that have been diagnosed with breast cancer who may not have had the support that I have. Yeah. Still have. Um, because some family members, you know, they're like, it's too much. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my girlfriends who was diagnosed at the same time I was, um, husband left her. While she was going through treatment. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think, like, where did you have, so so we're not saying that this is, you know, overly, it's, it's a, it's a crapshoot. Maybe your genes, maybe not. Maybe the environment, maybe not. Probably the environment. I mean, there's so much going on. I mean, it's, it would be hard to pinpoint. Like, mm-hmm. you drank four Diet Cokes and, you know, ate your food out of a rotten can and this is what happened. Like, who knows at this point? Do you think that your emotions, did you have played anything in this? Or do you have a high-stress life? Or I don't really have a high-stress life. Um, it was stressful, like, okay, got to get the kids here, got to do this, you know. That's normal. Yeah, normal stress, but not to the point, like, st- constantly stressed. Like now, I would say I'm barely ever stressed because... I 
don't really stress about anything because of my health journey. Um, I'm a strong believer in God. So I prayed to him and I gave it to him. And I was like, you can have this. I'm not dealing with it. Amen. So you can't play catch with it. If you're going to give it to him, you're going to give it to him. You can't give it to him and then try to take it back. Give it to him and then try to worry about it. Because stress and faith cancel each other out. Oh, preach, sister. (laughs) So, yes. But I will tell you this. My ex-husband did file for custody of our boys. At that time, we had been divorced for six years. He was on wife number four. Shut up. Which number were you? Two. He's busy. He was on wife number four and filed for custody of the boys. So while I was in treatment, I had my husband and I had to go back and forth to Virginia because that's yeah. where the order was. And um, he did end up, I don't know if you call it winning, but the boys, the judge did grant him custody while I was sick. And I do believe cancer is the reason why I lost my boys. That's deep. So, from a mental state, from that, you know, when we're talking about mindset, where did you go? Like, so you're already dealing with this process. Sounds like in a positive way. Still sucks. And then this dude, who you will forever be connected to, regardless of if you're married to or not, because you have these kids, decides that he's going to. Like, for what? Because you, you know, quote, unquote, couldn't take care of him because you were sick? I guess, yeah. And he was married to the woman at the time, I think, who strongly encouraged him. And now they're divorced and he's remarried again. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. So. That sounds, I mean, that's expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Good Lord. So that. And we're young, by the way. BT dubs. <laughs> Wowzer. I mean, if you divide that over time, no judgment. My mom's married three, four times, but we are young. So if you divide that over, like, the course of your life, I'm sure that average is, like, deep. So, we shall see if this one lasts, but, um... So back to the actual question before I got judging your (laughs) ex-husband. Oh, the mental? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to say that I was, like, you know, happy all the time. Because how old were the boys when they went back to? 16 and... 19. 12. Oh, and 12. Okay. So I wasn't, you know, overly, you know, I was, I probably was stressed. I was stressed probably at that point when I had to, like, pack up all their stuff and then put Uh them on a plane for good. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I had emotional roller coasters. But, again, I would get on my knees and pray for the strength to get me through this time. Yeah. Now, I mean, I've never really taken anything, you know, I... People really could never take advantage of me, and I've always been kind of fiery, but now I'm 
the most, <laughs> you know, and I really don't bite my tongue, so you know where you stand with me. Yeah. But I also now, going through this, am a more uh, giving person to my time, of my time, mm. for those who need it. The women who need it. That's why I share, you know, some people are like, you know, everybody puts their business on Facebook. But actually, I don't. But when it comes to my cancer, I share that journey. Because if I can help one male or female, because males, get, they get breast cancer too. I know. And people don't talk enough about that. So that's amazing. That I can... If I just help one person in all the years that I do this, my job is complete. I love that. So, really, maybe it occurred in your life as an event to be the catalyst for you to, because you do have such energy and you have a mind for the world and the community. Like, mm -hmm. you're one of those people. And maybe it's just like you need to go through the process so that you could share that light with more people and just be like more on purpose with it you mm -hmm. know absolutely I love that so are you seeing um, do you have other friends who've gone through breast cancer of my immediate friends no I have new friends now that I've met through going through breast cancer that journey that I've met but none of my immediate friends had breast cancer do you think that um, you know black women in general are like are black women given the same sort of treatment if you will like what I what I'm curious about is if there is a racial divide within the healthcare system, there is. Even if you are well insured, mm -hmm. um, do you feel like the you know? Because I don't want to make an issue where there's not one, and like I'm not the one to like. Uh, uh, I did that in the '90s where I would watch Ricky Lake <laughs> every day and you know deal with racial issues. Like I was really into exploring that journey for a right. long time, and now I realize that oh. That's funny. All people are actually the same. It's like so, like, I mean, it's just a, a barrier. It's kind of like what you were talking about with you really don't have, you, people know where they stand with you because you don't have any filter. Like, you're, you've removed the filter of bull crap. Right. You know, and so I feel like that's kind of where I am with this racial thing. But I don't want to take away other people's journeys. And, and I also don't want to turn a blind eye. So it's like the conundrum of my brain. But I do want to explore the thought that maybe black people, black women in general, who maybe are going through this process, have a different experience. I believe they do. Only because a lot of the research that is done is done on white women. Well, my makeup is not anything of a white woman. So my chemo main... Her chemo may not work on me, but why is this? You can't, now they are finding you can't blanket, you know, this patient 
with this type of chemo or this patient because Indiana University is doing a study about neuropathy. I had neuropathy. You did. So at the point of like all my my toe my two big toe toenails fell off. Mm-hmm. All my fingernails fell off. My hands did too. My fingernails turned com- my hands turned completely black all the way up, up to my wrist. Shut up. My feet did too. No. And they hurt so bad when I would go to bed at night. The blanket, you know, you just put a blanket on top. Yeah. It hurt. So Amanda's nails turned green and they fell off. But, like, I had not hurt. Like, I, we just talked about this. I was like, how, like, what is that? And so to, for that to, your whole hand turned black. Like, black. Black, black. black. So what did they say? I mean, that's they obviously look, the chemo. That's crazy. It is. It's normal. But, you know, they said that was normal due to the chemo and everything like that. But it was just like, I remember crawling on my forearms and knees many days. Oh, my God. Like, I couldn't wear shoes. It hurt. Did they have you on a painkiller? I mean, it's nerve pain, so it's like nothing really worked. Mm-mm. And then when I stopped chemo, of course, you know, it, it went away. How long did it take for it to go away? That, I don't remember. Because I'm three years removed from it. Praise the Lord. Amen. But I only had six treatments. But I don't think stuff started to fall apart. I didn't really fall apart until number four. Uh-huh. Like, I was hospitalized. Because my white blood count was, like, tanked due to the chemo. Um, that's when the neuropathy, my skin, like, my skin on my hands and feet started to peel. Like, but the good thing about it, my feet were, like, baby soft again because it was, like, new skin. <laughs> yes, Lord. I look like I've walked across the desert. Like, my feet could cut somebody. No. So <laughs> the bottom, I mean, it is dry. So then, you know, um, you know, for, you have to look at everything with a silver lining. So what was the, you know, the positive out of that? I got brand new nails, you know, <laughs> my hair fell out, new hair. So anything that I didn't really like, you got brand new because like when you're, when you come off the chemo and your body starts to replenish itself, everything is almost like brand new. So right. I have never heard anyone <laughs> say that, and I love that. You have to re-up. It's yeah, a you got to re- reset. <laughs> How did this affect your relationship with your new husband? Well, it's funny that you say that. We got married in October 2015. I was diagnosed in May of 2016. Shut up. It was like five minutes. So, it was like, bam. You know, and, and how then, long have, have you, did you know him before that? We knew each other a year and a half before we got married. So, I mean, still pretty new. Right. We got married, and then he was, like, stuck with me, because... Now we didn't say thou, so you're not going anywhere. No, <laughs> no, we're done. So we just, um, we made it through it. Like, So our faith 
really helped us get through it. Um, unfortunately, his mom had passed away from cancer some years ago. Oh, wow. It wasn't breast cancer. But just going through that, again, was yeah. probably very, you know, emotional for him. Yeah. Too, because a lot of people don't think about the caregivers. Yeah. And at some point, I probably didn't either because it was I was in it. Yeah. It was me. Yeah, this you're was, trying to hop to the bathroom. Or not hop, walk on knees. Roll or whatever. And knees to the bathroom. So you're in survival. Because I'm sure you've never felt so bad in your entire life. Like having the worst cold ever cannot compare to what you went through. No. No. Because even when I get a cold, I got my first cold last year from when I, and I was like, you know, I feel so bad. I was like, but not as bad as was, you know, yeah. <laughs> some time ago. Yeah. And stuff like that. So, but I was still able to work. Um, I have a girlfriend who was not able to work um, during her chemo. She had lost her job. And then she had two kids and then you worry about mortgage. But there's a lot of resources out there that will help you. You just have to be able to do the work to find them. Yes. You know, I don't wish this on my worst enemy, but it was probably one of the best things that has happened to me due to the fact that, you know, sometimes we search for, what is my purpose in right. life? What am I supposed to do, God? And I think this has allowed me to really help other women. Um be exposed to different things that I never even thought about, be a resource for other women, um, to let, you know, I get inboxed all the time about, I was diagnosed with this cancer, or my mom was diagnosed, different people were diagnosed, not even just breast cancer, so what do you do? And the first thing that I always say to you, that cancer does not equal death. It I equals survivor. I love that. You cannot think that way. And then for individuals, I always say, you know, when someone's diagnosed with cancer, your first response is never, well, how long did the doctor give you, you know, to live? <laughs> that is not you the know, first right. response. <laughs> you know, a lot of people say that, though, because they don't know what to say. So they're, they're, a doctor is not God. So they can't really tell you how long you have. It's not up to them. And I think that they actually shouldn't be able to say, like, they can give you information, but you should not put people's death sentences into their heads because those are very powerful thoughts, especially because people do rely on their healthcare provider to know everything. And we love these providers. They do not know everything. You have to be your own advocate. You have to ask the questions and I know it's like hard to know what to ask but like there is support as you said because you gotta put the pieces together for yourself yep you sure do and then you have to um, not want to give up mm. you have to wake up like when I was going through uh, chemo I, w I came to work I think I probably missed maybe three or four days wow um, did they, chemo make you sick? 
No, because they pumped me up with so many steroids. Oh, the steroids. Helped me from getting nauseous. Oh. So, you know, every day I would still, you know, I'm a glamour girl anyway. But even though I didn't feel well, I would still put on my makeup. Yeah. I always have, you know, my favorite lip gloss. It has to have some kind of sparkle in it. But, you know, being able, because a lot of people say, you don't even look sick. Well, what does sick look like? Or, you look really good. At first, I was like, thanks. And then I started to take offense to, well, what I look like, <laughs> you know, six months ago when nobody knew. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, diagnosed with breast cancer. So, you know, it's all your, you know, your attitude and how you present yourself. Because, mm-hmm. um... Unfortunately, I did not have to have radiation. So I think men or women who have to have radiation, that's a whole new ball game. Yeah. Because I heard you just feel zapped all the time. You're tired all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I did feel tired a lot. But there, there were more days where I didn't. So, I mean, this might not be a question for you, but I guess I don't understand when they use chemo versus radiation. Like, what are, you know, like, what are those cases? I don't know that either. I did hear that, like, for breast cancer, if you have a lumpectomy opposed to a full mastectomy, you may not, you just have uh, radiation. But I don't know what determines radiation and chemo or chemo versus no radiation yeah. or anything like that, but I've seen people's skin after they have radiation, and it, and it literally just looks like they were in a fire, and their skin is so burned, because that's what they're doing. They're burning those cancer cells are in that area, and um, it's real painful. Yeah, I can imagine. So, you know, I tip my hat off to those individuals who have to have radiation because that you know that seems like a beast yeah I mean none of it seems like a real walk in the park it's unfortunate that it's so common I mean I heard a stat I think it was last year that was like you know 50% of people will have cancer at some point and it's you know, to me, that really talk. It, it speaks largely to our environment. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. However, this is the reality that we're in at this moment. Mm-hmm. And to your point, I think that, you, that what you say is so powerful. It's not a death sentence. This is something. This is an event that you're going to have to work out. I call it an inconvenience that has invaded our bodies without our permission. Oh, I love it. Girl, you are full of it. <laughs> that is good. That is so good. I don't, I probably went off on another tangent. But so do you think that, you know, do you think that there is an opportunity um, for the healthcare system to operate? I mean, we talked a little bit about, you know, the differences between maybe what's going on in your body with what's going on in a white woman's body, but I wonder if it's less about race and more about, like, this individual, you know, blueprint that we have and individual cell structure. And so I think that, you know, what they're talking about was on the cover of Time magazine, I think at the beginning of last year or this year, was all about precision medicine. 
because one size does not fit all and they need to be able to do give me medicine based upon my genetic makeup and my cells and not what they would give you because we're all so different so it sounds like that is the way that we're moving well hopefully so but the thing about it is the american healthcare system sucks and if you were to individualize um medicine uh like that who's going to pay for it right because the poor aren't able to pay for it and the rich may not want to pay for it unless it directly affects them then you have the middle class you you know makes enough makes too much but not enough yeah that's a conundrum so how are we going to restructure this medicare system in america because i mean like three weeks ago i had surgery reconstruction surgery the process for to reconstruct my breast is going to take a long time due to the fact that i had so many infections you know um my body had rejected some of my, its own fat at one oh. point that my doctor has decided just to do it in small increments. So wait, so where did they take, so they took fat from another place in your body to put into your breast. Right. So where did the fat come from? My stomach. Got it. I mean, if they could take it from anywhere, like what a good spot, like it's, so they take it from your stomach, pretty sure that doesn't feel good. Mm -mm. Have fat sucked out of your stomach. Well, so are they liposuctioning you and yes. saving the fat? Mm -hmm. Shut up. Interesting. So, you know, I probably, truthfully, have maybe one or two more surgeries, depending. Because during this process, um, I had lost, um, I got a lot of infections, so you had to clean it out. So when you clean it out, of course, I would lose skin. Mm -hmm. So I have like a dent. So they're trying to fix that dent on the side. But if you look at me, you don't see no. a dent. Is of that course. why you had to go back to the hospital? Is because you were getting infections from the reconstruction or you were going to the hospital during chemo? I was in the hospital during chemo and during re reconstruction. Um, they couldn't do reconstruction until after I finished chemo. Yep. But I was still, I was, I got an infection. Um, due to the fact that your white blood cell counts are lo so low. Oh, okay, so it can't fight anything. Right, so I got sick, and then I got this apparatus that hooks up to your arm. You've probably seen the commercial. They're like, well, why go to the doctor the day after for a shot when you can have this? this <laughs> thing? So it, hit, it hooks up into your arm, and it gives you that medicine to help build your ah, white blood cells, you know, and your immune system that's up. That's deep. So, I mean, there's just a lot of different things that I learned. There's a lot of different things that I still don't know. People say, uh, what type of breast cancer did you have? I don't know. I knew that I was negative, negative, positive. So I was um, hormone negative, percept, uh, estrogen, progesterone negative, and perceptin positive. And is herceptin a hormone? Because like the progesterone, the estrogen, those would no, be... No, the Herceptin is not a hormone. Okay. So that way, it wasn't hormone-based. So um, many women 
who have it, uh, who are positive for the hormones, they have to end up taking that medicine. I think it's five years Tamoxifen. now. Tamoxifen. Yeah. yeah, my mother-in-law has to take that. Okay, so I didn't have to take. Did Amanda have to? Amanda's on it. Okay, see, I which didn't have puts to you it. into menopause. See, I did. P.S. Yeah, that's fun. Well, it's a silver lining again because you know when you go through menopause, there's certain things you don't have anymore. Yeah. So I don't have to worry <laughs> about you know. Yeah. That factor. Will you I stay didn't, in menopause? I mean, you're young. Yeah, I'm totally, like, I was, I had to end up having a hyster, full hysterectomy. You did. During so, this process. Uh-huh. Shut up. You're sweet body. But I didn't it have. It was like, reset. <laughs> control, <laughs> alt, delete. <laughs> you, you shut down the system and reboot it. Right. Exactly. Well, good for you. I mean, you know, I love how you're looking at this situation because, there is something more for you to do, and whatever was in there before is no longer serving you. Right. And I wasn't, I was done having kids. Which, thank God, you were able to have your kids. So, I had those, you know, I had my last one at 29, so I was Oh my God, you're so young. I didn't have a baby until I was 34. Mm-mm. Grandma an, all over here. I had a nine-year-old a nine at that time. That is fascinating. But see, like you're like Amanda and crew. Like these kids are about to go to college, so it's it's a whole different game. I mean, I'll be ninety. My daughter will never move out. <laughs> She's like, I don't need to live out of here. I'm like, oh, you might, just because you're a mess. <laughs> not she's a mess as a human but like she's your child she's messy she's probably all you she is my little mini she'll say stuff and it is like oh dear but my son he's like the nasty i mean he is the nicest person but he will get nasty with me and i'm like do i talk to you like that and he's like yeah and i'm like damn it yeah so okay so you're done with your kitties so you are you're like goodbye to that good old uterus um, and so you're three years out. So you just had a surgery, what, within the last three, four weeks? Mm-hmm. Three weeks, yeah. And you are up in this office looking like, you look so good, girl. Like Thank you, you. I mean, it's like you're, it's crazy. So how, so you, how do you feel now? I feel good. Like, um, I'm still not at 100% of my energy. Yeah. But I'm like maybe 95 right now. That is great. Because I know, like, I been went back to the gym, you know, to keep <clears throat> exercising, doing something, staying yeah. mobile, and just uh, like I still have a lot of things on my plate. That's the way I like to operate. Yeah. And um, I feel good, you know. I'm very blessed. I don't, I mean, I could sit here and complain. For what? Exactly. Complaining is not going to change it. And you're, you, so you married this wonderful man who you guys signed up together for this part of the journey. Didn't even know it. Didn't know it. And you said it's really deepened your relationship. Yeah. Um, and yeah. challenged it. Yeah, at the same time, you know, it was one of the things, it, they always say it, a tragedy is either going to bring you closer together or you're going to fall apart. And he never complained to me about, you know, I didn't sign up for this 
Well, whoever who signs up for tragedy in their life anyway, you know? So, yeah. I mean, he was there for me. His family is there. His Actually, his sister is a nurse at Methodist, and she would come down to my chemo treatments, and, like, if they were giving me this new medicine, I would look at her, and she could tell me. Because she used to be an oncology nurse, too, so Amazing. she knew. But um, I say this all the time, you know, Facebook gives you the memories, you know, this happened, and I get, like, a little emotional about this. There's two things. When I first was diagnosed, um, I received this huge box on the front doorstep. I mean, huge. And my husband was like, what would you order now? I was like, I didn't order anything. And then when I opened it, my freshman year in college, my in my dormitory, our hall was really close. The hall. Like, we were lived on F Hall. And we were so close. I opened it up, and it was different gift cards, books, bags, socks, um, coloring books, movies, books all to help me get better for this her this journey I was about to travel down and um I was like I was shocked I called everyone to thank them personally you know for doing that because some of these ladies I haven't spoken to since 1998 when we graduated oh my gosh and I said, there is no, you know, we just talked about HBCUs. Yeah. That could not have happened at any, at, you know, we call them PWIs. But th- I know that would never have happened only at an HBCU because of the love and the sisterhood and the bond that was created yes. our freshman yes. year. Yes. And, and I will talk about that till the day. I die about those ladies and what they did. And then the second thing, my really good girlfriend, she's like, I'm coming for your first chemo. I'm like, no, you know, don't do that. You're taking away time from your kids. Don't do that. Of course, I could not stop her from doing that. But she came all the way from South Carolina to be with me for my first chemo because we didn't know how I was going to react. Yeah, yeah. And that, to me, is very special. That is love. And I met her at Hampton University also. Those are your people. So. Well, you get what you give, though. I mean, when you shine that light, you like when something like that happens, you are able to see, you know, the fruit of, you know, who you've been to people. And people show up for people who show up. So, yeah, that was really, I talk about that all the time. Well, and love heals. Mm-hmm. Love heals. I mean, that's, when you talk about God, that's, that is the truth. It's like, that's all that God is, is that love. So that's the, that's what we came here to do. God is love. Amen, amen. Preaching up in here. <laughs> well, I really, I love that I'm seeing you. I have not seen you for, like, 25 years. Thank you.
This has been an episode of the Wonder Life Podcast, the voice for health and wellness, where soul, science, and technology meet. You may find us on social at wonder.life, at wonderhealth, or at wonderhealth.com. And that is wonder with a U. Stay tuned for our upcoming launch of the Wonder Wellness Academy, where you and master teachers connect to elevate your minds, bodies, and souls.